Blog Talk Radio. host, Chi Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. 
I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health energy and sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 425,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Well, we are kicking off this new year in a big and wonderful way. We have a returning guest, Marianne Rodmacher, who was here mm, a few years ago to discuss her then newly launched book, She, S-H-E. I love that book. She is here today to discuss her just released book, Live with Intention, Remember and Do What Matters. And I have to say, Timing is everything, and there quite simply is no better time than now for this critical message. Marianne is a writer and an artist. She conducts workshops on living a full, creative, balanced life, teaches internet writing seminars, and works with individual clients. She has been writing since she was a child, and she uses her writing to explore symbols and find meaning. Let me reiterate. She teaches internet seminars, and many of us are still in lockdown and are hungry for purposeful things to do. So I would invite and encourage you to go to Marianne's website, maryannradmarker.net. That's M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E-R-A-D-M-A-C-H-E-R.net. You will love what you find there. Hi, Marianne. Welcome back. Thank you so very much for taking time to join us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. How are you being? (laughs) How am I doing or being? How did you ask that? Being. Being. How are you being? I am being very open-hearted and open to a a breadth of feelings on this this day. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of people. I think everybody is. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with uh, the expression of anger. And when injustice happens right in front of a human being, having a strong reaction and being angry about it is natural. It's uh, what's unnatural is to deny the truth of what you're seeing. I don't know how you feel about that as an energy worker. I um I think it's important to acknowledge the breadth of your experience. What do you think? I agree. I think that I I, I think that people can have an experience, but they do not need to express it in ways that are hurtful, mean, and intentionally done to try to persuade others in a negative or violent way. And yeah. I watched what was happening today. I, I know, you know, we're, we're all talking about the same thing. Here it is, Little Christmas, Epiphany. Oh, my goodness. And here we have so many things happening in Washington, D.C. that are so scary right now. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a way to express, and that is where we have control, and that is where we are to use intention for good. And we need to be Absolutely. aware of what we're doing and how we react. So, yeah, energy, you know, 
When you put energy out there that's bad, what's going to come back to you? It's not going to be good. When you put energy out there that's good, it's going to come back as good. That's living with intention. You can live with intention positively or you can live with intention negatively. And right now we're seeing a lot of negative intentional living, and that is scary. Let me introduce you to Webster, my rat Hi, Webster. <laughs> he takes his job of managing our household very seriously. Well, and a bark is a perfect segue into what I wanted to share with you, T. I, mm-hmm. I have a commitment to intentional living. It's not just the title of a book. I right. live this practice and have lived it for decades. I had a, um, a little run-in, my bumper did, with an immovable object <laughs> just last <laughs> week. And I was at the auto body paint and repair shop this afternoon, having just learned of the unrest uh, euphemism for <laughs> a nice way of <laughs> what was happening in Washington, D.C. earlier today. And they had no news channels. They had no satellite um, connectivity, but a, but a television was right there in the waiting area. So I asked, I had to ask three different people uh, if I could please watch the news. And it, and it took three people, but we got the news on. And my consultant, who was to give me the estimate for what the uh, damage was going to cost to have repaired, came out and he said, Good on them. They, they should be at the Capitol. It's our house, and they have something to say. And I looked at him, and he went back in his office. And 10 minutes later, he came out, and I explained to him that uh, our body elected had been threatened, and they had been sequestered and taken to undisclosed locations. And he said, well, I... You know, he was going to bluster, and then he said, huh. And he, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, people have a right to protest. And I said, it's guaranteed for all of us. And he went back into his office. Ten minutes later, he came out having just watched the news himself. His face was ashen, and he just yep. stared at me. And I said, sir, I... I believe it's evident to me that you and I are not aligned politically. We, we are likely on opposite ends of a political spectrum. But here's yep. what we both can agree on, I feel certain. Today is not a proud day for citizens of America. This is a dark day in our history. And he yep. bowed his head and very quietly he said, yes, ma'am, it is. And I thought yep. we could have been engaged in a an, a fight. We, I could have stomped out of there declaring they'd never get my business. But instead, mm-hmm. purposely and with intention, I was able to find that place and give him the opportunity. I didn't tell him what he should see. I just pointed right. out that there was something to see. Yep. And that's one of the ways that I am managing to get through this day, in addition, in addition to having a few outbursts, T. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Just venting, but we have those outbursts. But not seeing. Yes. 
you know, you have the outburst with the air before you. You don't necessarily have it with people in front of you and at them. There's a big difference, you know. And I don't know. I think that, you know, you've written so many books. And this one, Live With Intention, as I said a few (laughs) minutes ago, it was launched in October of 2020, just a few months ago. However, this, and I'm going to use your words here, is a reimagined version of your original that was written in 2010. So as we've just discussed, our world is divided more than it ever has been before. It, it seems a pivotal time to launch a revised version. So I, I would like to know, what was it that made you determined to relaunch this book? Was it in the works prior to the start of the pandemic, or was it the pandemic that inspired you to do this? Because it came out during that time. None of this was really there yet. None of what was happening today, the culmination of today, was there yet. So it was October 27th when it was launched. I'm just wondering, was it, did something about the pandemic say to you, you know what, this is a good time to launch this book, or were you working on it? I was already working on it, gee, in fact, months, months before the pandemic uh, revealed itself to our globe. I have experienced so much change and transformation, transition in life circumstances in the last 10 years that I felt compelled to reimagine this pivotal book that's based on one of my most popular and widely distributed pieces of poetry. And so the initial release date was supposed to be for graduation. It's an ideal, it's a great book to, to create a door through which someone can walk and what better time than graduation. So it's release Baptism. date was originally, <laughs> <laughs> was originally set for April. Uh, so what, what the pandemic did was change the day that it got to come out into the world. And none too soon, And I have to say. I'm, I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty pleased with the period of time in which it has been released. Well, as we both know, everything, love- you know, divine intervention and divine timing, everything is about time, right? It is. I don't. Is it appropriate? I'd love to read a little piece from the book. Yes, absolutely. Whatever you want to do is appropriate. You go right ahead, Marianne. We love you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, T. It's from Chapter 7 from the uh, aphorism in the poem, Fail with Enthusiasm. Mm. The poem is called Because. Because I call it a lesson rather than a failure. Because I call it a challenge rather than a crisis because I look at hardship as an opportunity rather than an obstacle because at the end of a matter I ask what will I learn from this to make me better because I take a deep breath and do the difficult thing because my courage does not depend on the weather the economic forecast or the winds of whim because I know the significant elements in Each day of mine are laughter, learning, and applying my finest efforts to each endeavor. Because of all of these things, each morning holds promise, and every day past is viewed as a success. It's a beautiful poem. I loved reading it. I knew exactly where you were going when you said that. (laughs) Mm, And it is so very true. Yeah, it is so very true because you actually do live 
with intention. This, your book, Live with Intention, is how you live. You write from experience. You write candidly and vulnerably. You tell us patience and cadence uh, doesn't always come easy to you. And I love that about you because you're offering systems that work for you to help bring forth clarity and balance to us. So you've proofed them out and you're able to celebrate success and and as you said, I believe it was forgive deficits of failing into forgetting at the end of each day, which is huge because those systems that you practice allow you a sense of contentment and satisfaction that allows you to move on. And and while yes. it is a practice and it is how you live, it, it's it's got to be more authentic for you now, for you to live with intention, almost as though you've trained yourself. Not that you you don't know, but it, but that it is so much of a part of you. You just can't help but live intentionally. It, it's almost as if has it become rote for you to do that. <laughs> People who travel. I'm guessing it's a no. There's a no coming here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. It it is. It's muscle memory, and it is the habitual commitment to intentional actions that are to people that travel with me, that know me well and have known me for years, and they don't really mean it when they roll their eyes. But if we're somewhere and someone <laughs> needs, <laughs> needs help, they know. They roll their – it doesn't matter if we're late. I am going to do what I can with what I have where I'm at. And if that means inconveniencing myself to offer aid or support to someone else, it, it uh, often it can generate a, here we go. You can't just take the grocery card back yourself. You have to get that cart that's running across the lot. And it's just, I love, I love looking back on my day, knowing that I didn't, I wasn't a slacker to my own alignment. I lived within the parameters of how I believe I should. I love that. It's a great feeling. And those are. Those are the intentions that are essential to you. Those are because you do say you do address the intentions that are the intentions that are essential to you. And and while I have intentions that are key in my life, I must admit, you know, there are days when I think, oh, I have heard it said the world is run by those who show up. Big deal. And then I remind myself that I did indeed show up. And on that particular day, I knew the fact that I showed up truly was enough. But honestly, at the end of a day like that which thankfully doesn't happen all that often, I'm grateful to just be, you know, at home in a comfortable bed, cozy and warm and able to put that day behind me. Because while I yeah. did show up, I know I wasn't necessarily all in living intentionally, you know, and, and that happens to me. And, and I'm going to guess that it does happen to you too, because we're, you know, we're perfect in our imperfections. We're not perfect people, but we are perfect in our imperfections. I include in this book this phrase, sometimes the greatest grace is at the end of the day being able to close your eyes and lay down. Yeah, that I know. There, I read that and, and I thought, that's so true. <laughs> there, are, there are intentional days that I intentionally stay very warm and connected to my 100% cotton sheets because 
recognizing that a season for hibernation, for silence, for quiet, for rest is essential. When people talk to me about living with intention, I think they think I'm frenetic, that I don't ever stop, that I'm just like an energizer bunny, just intentionally going (laughs) and doing, uh, and that's not so. My intentional life involves pause and reflection and contemplation and rest. And some days the way that you show up is that you show up to your couch. Yeah. Yeah. With your feet with your with your feet up. And that's more it's not only more than enough, it's necessary. When you think uh, your listeners might feel this themselves or they might know a friend who's chronically weary exhausted even because their 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 days are never enough can never do enough or experience enough and that's not what i mean by an intentional life oh no not at all no that's that's you're doing things for for other reasons it's not to intend anything you're doing things to please others because it's either going to please you or bring you some reward of some sort regardless of what the reward is it doesn't even matter it just isn't an intention there's awareness okay and awareness is the foundation for intention so you have to be aware of what it is you're doing in order to be intentional about it and yeah, I think if you're if you're you intentionally get up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm just I'm just gonna laze around today. That's what I'm going to do. That's an intention, and it's a perfectly fine intention because we do need to rejuvenate. We do need to to you know to fill up. And I earlier today, when I recognized the the profound breadth and depth of the dysfunction that was unfolding at our Capitol, I, I felt, I, I wasn't certain that I wasn't going to throw up tea. I mean, it literally no, turned my stomach. And then yep. my, my first impulse, as it often is, is to say, what should I do? <laughs> Who can I call? Yeah. And part of having a deep connection to how I show up in the world is knowing when it's not my turn. This is Mm. this. My turn was uh, writing letters and postcards to get out the vote and making contributions and weeks and months ago, making telephone calls and talking to elected officials today, the job for Washington, D.C. belongs with the people whose lives are at risk and right. the people who are, are charged with protecting our democratic system. This is their story to, to roll out. And as a single individual, I can hold. And this is, there are some people who think this is woo and I don't uh, make any apology for this view. My greatest contribution at a crisis point like this in our country in this moment is to uphold the people who are upholding the Constitution and sending them good energy and believing for them and holding sacred the privilege 
of believing for everyone's highest good. That regardless of who they are, regardless of who they are, that's right. And you can call it prayer. You can call it energetic movement. You can call it anything you want, but it makes a healthier moment for my body being aware of this news to raise the light rather than royal in the churning waters of angst and anger. And that's what we're here to do. You know, we're all here to uplift each other. And if we did that more often, which is the intention of live with intention, <laughs> you know, it, if you do that, you're going to raise everything in a much higher way and things will be more peaceable and more calm. And we won't have the disruptions and, and, and the disturbances and the division, the divisiveness is incredible. We will not have all of that because, you have to look at the other person and really see their soul. They're on a journey too. And their journey is such that they want to express, okay, but if you can keep them calm to not, in expre- to not express in a way, and if you can't because you're not there and you can't talk to them, then you can send energy to them. Just by praying for them is sending energy. Thinking about them in a good way is sending energy. Energy is very malleable. It's very, uh, you know, uh, you, can, you can send it wherever you want. You don't have to be an energy practitioner or a therapist in order to send good energy. You just have to believe that they will end up understanding, which is exactly what I believe was happening today. You did not tell that man to watch the news. He watched the news. You did not tell him to come out and say, good on them. He chose to do that, but he learned because you were there and your energy was such that it was shifting the energy in the space in order to make him see things a little bit differently from another perspective, which I believe helped the whole. So I just, being familiar with how energy works and, and studying quantum physics and quantum mechanics and knowing that this is how energy works, I have to say, if you were not there today, he would not be where he is right now. He would not. He made a huge difference. Absolutely. And yep. and he made a difference for me. Yes, he made a difference oh, it's for always me as a, well. Yeah, you're always the teacher. It's always and reciprocal. The at the same time. Yep, yep, always. Isn't you know, it, people come into isn't it crazy? People come in and they come to a seminar and they're like, "Oh, T, we're going to learn a lot from you." And I'm like, "I can only imagine how much I'm going to learn from you guys." And I always do because you're open to it. We yeah. have to. It's a give and take. That's what this is all about. And yeah, it's just it's kind of fun, you know, to to know that. But uh, yeah. I, you know, one of the one of the quotes that that I, I I have to tell this story because it's too funny. One of the quotes, and I'm going to guess it's a rather well-known quote of yours. I'm really not sure, but I'm guessing it is. So I heard and saw it everywhere after this instance. I was in um, with a friend in a bookstore, and she we were looking through things, and she had a book in her hand, and she said, "Oh God, P, listen to this." And I looked at her, and she said, "What if we just acted like everything is easy?" So I stood there. <laughs> puzzle and and she looked at me and said did you hear what I said and I said yes what about it it's a great (laughs) quote everything is easy when you allow it and the look on her face was priceless I swear so I started laughing and full disclosure sometimes my sense of humor gets me in trouble (laughs) it's a very true statement though it makes so much sense you know you release the block everything is easy you have to release the block though and this ended up in a rather long conversation I must say so I kept telling her we already know this we know it. I know it. 
I know I know it. You must know it. Do you not know it? And I went on to tell her, when you allow things to flow, they're easy. When you bring in your contrary beliefs that we all have instilled in us by, from the time of birth and even before probably, or any doubts, that's when it's no longer easy. You put up resistance. You create a block, and then life is hard. So she proceeded to tell me that she thought you were crazy and that I was crazier for buying into it. But I knew I wasn't buying into anything. It was something... I already knew and practice, and, and I'm always thinking to myself, if somebody else can do it, it can't be that hard because somebody did it. I'm smart. I'll just figure it out. <laughs> and then I do. And I think a lot of people do that, which is probably why the entire, what is it, the DIY, the DIY movement, the do-it-yourself movement is so big and successful. People figure things out. So I thought the whole scenario with my friend was really funny. And when she heard I was having you back on air, she insisted, she insisted I asked about this quote. So is this a quote oh, that I'd you've been questioned to, about prior because people think it's an oversimplification of sorts or, and of course she's not going to like the way I'm presenting the quote, <laughs> or are there more of us <laughs> out there who have this perspective, know we knew it, and it was a validation that was brought to our consciousness? I, I don't know. I'd like to think it's more that people know this. I don't know, though. What do you think? Well, your friend and you will have an interesting conversation after you hear my answer to this inquiry. I okay. <laughs> lost my mother when I was 13 years old, and my father worked the graveyard shift, so he left my home every night at 11 o'clock and didn't come back. Uh, essentially, he didn't come back until about 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon when he was intoxicated and then would go to sleep and then get up and get ready to go to his graveyard shift job. So this should put the framework around the fact that I did not have a lot of adult supervision in my teenage Mm -hmm. years. So I didn't have people telling me how to do things or how to dress appropriately or why there are all those forks and different spoons when you go to a formal dinner party. I, I I did not know. So it was in that period of my life when I was a teenager that I started asking myself, sorry, I I told Alexa to to, uh, be quiet. Sorry about that. (laughs) Alexa, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa's not allowed in my house, you know. I don't know if that ever happens to you or people that are listening, but I find it adorable. A friend just gave that to me yesterday. (laughs) No, I told told my husband a long time ago, if you ever bring Alexa into this house, I will throw her through a window that will have to be replaced. I will drive (laughs) over here in the driveway a million times. Do not bring Alexa here. She's not welcome. (laughs) (laughs) She's an eavesdropper, that's for sure. Yes, she Um, is. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) So I apologize for that untoward interruption. The fact is that I often had to say to myself as a teenager, if I pretended that this was easy, how would I behave right now? If this Mm -hmm. was easy, I would. And then, so to use the dinner party example, which happened when I was 15 years old, there, I, it felt like there were 27 forks at my place setting and I had no, I, I only knew what to do with one. (laughs) (laughs) So I just paused and decided if I was engaged in conversation, I wouldn't have to use any of my utensils until I could observe what other people were doing. So not only did I put myself in the mindset 
that it was easy, but I paused and allowed it to be easy because I became an observer. And as I grew out of that period of time in my life, T, and became an adult, I recognized that much of what causes fear and anxiety and the apprehension about failing is that we don't just pause a moment to, to allow ourselves, as you said, to be in flow and to ask right. the question, how, how would I behave? So pretending is a different way of talking about asking how you would behave if you knew what you were doing. What if we just pretended that everything was easy? How would I act if I knew how this went? And it's made a huge difference in my life. And I, Absolutely. and I'm not as if I'm not, I don't have the kind of fear of failure that a lot of people do because by golly, I fail with enthusiasm. <laughs> I just as we all should, right really. Well, so many people I want think we to know every step before they begin. And I think if you don't know every step before you begin, you have the opportunity to have discovery. And that right. is how innovation, that's how innovation occurs. People who don't know how to do a thing, they don't know any better. They don't know that it's a thing that's not supposed to work. And so they try it and look, it works. Yes. And you know, we don't, we don't teach our children that, unfortunately, because we teach them, oh, no, that's wrong. Oh, no, that's wrong. And there are many times I've been in schools for my children's organization, and I've, I've been there doing something, you know, with the kids. And I, I'll never forget this one little boy. He was like five years old. And he was sitting at a table with all these really cute little girls. And he was a really adorable boy. And I thought, wow, his poor mom in 10 years, you know, <laughs> this is going to be a problem, you know. <laughs> And those girls, there's going to be a lot of broken hearts among that table because you knew they were going to follow them right through to high school, you know. So this little boy comes up to me and he's, Mrs. Love, Mrs. Love, I did it wrong. Now, I did not have any clue what this child was working on. And I said, no, you didn't. And the teacher looked at me and she goes, you didn't even look at it. I said, he didn't do it wrong. And she says, you don't know that. I said, oh, but I do. <laughs> she, she was getting mad, you know, because whatever it was. And she says, um, okay, he didn't do it wrong. I said, no, you didn't do it wrong. He goes, I didn't. I said, absolutely not. You found a way that doesn't work. Now go back and find another way. Keep going until you find the way that works. And he goes, really? And I said, sure. So he goes back and he sits at the table and I looked at her and she goes, okay, well, that was really clever. I said, you don't ever want to tell them they're wrong. That stunts their growth. It stops them right there because they don't want to fail. If scientists don't do that, they realize I'm closer to the truth. I'm closer to an example. I'm, I'm closer to, uh, you know, how it's going to work, the experiment working out when things fail. They like failure. You just, it's not failure. It's just discovering a way that doesn't work. So about 10 minutes later, I hear a little girl say, oh, no, I did it wrong. And I hear him say, <gasps> and I love this child. I absolutely love this child. He said, no, you didn't. You just found a way that didn't work, so now find a way that does. I looked at the kid. I had tears in my eyes. I thought, if, if this Aww. is the only reason I'm on this earth, my work here is done, and I am quite pleased with it because this child not only listened to me but took it in, digested it, and then regurgitated it within moments. This child learned this. This is now a belief system of that child. I knew it. 
I knew it. I knew it. And I thought, you know what? There you go. My work here is done. And, you know, and I said to the teacher, okay, my work's done. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I knew there's nothing more here for me to do. And, you know, it was a couple of years later, she said to me, I learned a lot from you that day. I said, oh, that's really good. And she goes, yeah, she says, I, I didn't realize how important that was until I heard what you heard and I realized how you got to that child so quickly. Instead of coming from fear, nobody wants to hear they're wrong or they're bad. They just want to hear, okay, this is something that we can probably do in a different way to make it better. You know, if they're doing something wrong, adult to adult, when you're talking to an employee or to a child, they're like, nope, you didn't do it wrong. You just found a way that didn't work. That's a great discovery. Now go back and find something that does. It's all in the presentation. And also, it's additionally, it didn't work for the objective that you're trying to complete. But you and I probably... I don't know how many post-it note things that you have where you work and in your home. Do you have Do you have more than one stack of a post-it note, T? No, Hello? I don't. I really don't use post-it. <gasps> I'm sorry. I'm here. Oh. I'm here. Are you here? I am here. You're the are you... first human okay. being. <laughs> you are the first. <laughs> I told person. you I don't use post-it notes. <laughs> yes, I have never. Seriously? I, you are. You, seriously. You're, I, it's phenomenal. I, I'll remember this. I don't use post-it notes. Here's another thing. This will blow your mind. Not only do I not use post-it notes, I do not have one of those magic phones. I have a 2004 Pretty in Pink Motorola Razor, which is now in, you know, they actually display those in the Henry Ford Museum. I do not know how to text. I choose not to text. I don't want to learn how to text. I will never text. I don't see the purpose of it. It is a lifestyle choice. I don't need it. I don't need to be that that in, uh, on demand to anybody on the planet. There is not one person on the planet that needs to get to me that critically that they have to text me and then stand there and complain about how come I'm not getting back to them in, in the next second. I see it all the time. And most of my <laughs> clients and patients, the first thing I say to them is, how many gadgets do you have? How many gadgets do you actually have? And they tell me, and one woman, I made her do an experiment. I said, you need to go back to work. And for the next two weeks, you need to write down every single time that you are on your phone, your tablet, your whatever you have, or the office one, looking up stuff for you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I know the names of these things. I just don't know what they are. I, somebody takes care of it for me because I refuse to do it. And people will say, what's your Facebook page? I'm like, I don't have a Facebook page. I literally have to write it down in order to announce it at the end of every show. I'm like, I don't have a Facebook page. Somebody takes care of it. <laughs> I don't go on Facebook. <laughs> I don't go on Twitter. I don't go on any of these things. I could care less. To me, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's another form of bullying that I see people doing, getting mad, causing drama, and I want no part of that in my life. I'm like, nah, I like the negativity to stay well away from me. So I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> there you go. That's cool. <laughs> Great choice for you. I want for me, to yeah, not for lose, me. even though, even though I was godsnapped that you don't use post-it notes. Large portions of the globe <laughs> do utilize do. post-it notes, <laughs> and, and I didn't mean to godsnap you. And there's a word I haven't heard in a very long time, but I heard it a month ago with another guest, and she said, "Do you know what gobsmack means?" I said, "I do. I want to incorporate it into my vocabulary again. I love that word, and you just used it. Thank you, Marianne. I did. <laughs> you are." You are welcome. We have post-it notes because they, at NASA, were trying to design an adhesive for one of the rockets, and it failed. Right. It, it was supposed to stick, and it didn't. 
<laughs> and yeah. it turns out that that is the very adhesive that makes the post-it note do what it does and has become so ubiquitous around the world. So not only and, can we tell children, you didn't do it wrong, you just found a way that didn't work, maybe you'll discover the, <laughs> the solution to, I don't know, um, global warming. You don't know. If you're trying yeah, to they it. might find you a way. Don't know. It's good for something else. You don't know. Because That's from the post-it notes, then came the command strips. They're all 3M. It was 3M. <laughs> you know, they must have said with a little more adhesive, you can hang a picture. Oh, yeah, let's try that. Can you take it off the wall? I mean, it, what it, it's like the person who ran the what, the, the one-minute mile or the two-minute mile, whatever it was, nobody could break that. And the, the minute that happened, within months, another person beat that timing and another person beat the timing because it was shown and proven that it could be done. All you have to do is prove it can be done. And once you do that, then everybody else wants to jump on board and beat it because they know it can happen. It gives people confidence. You're right. You're absolutely right. You don't know where it's going to lead. And so on a day like today, feel yes. so devastating and indeed, uh, the case can be made that this is a difficult day for democracy in the context of the history of our country and the future of our country. This is a day that we are going to take away dynamic and significant and culture changing lessons. This day that we are living in right now while we're chatting is going to change the way that we do our future. It's a, it's a big, big deal. And it's very tempting to lean toward the despair and say, this is, um, we'll make whatever kind of assessment you want to make about it. But in, in fact, our country will move forward and we will learn and we will be stronger and we will get through this. And we will be better for it because usually, you know, from everything horrific, something good comes. It never fails. Something always good comes. And it's the going through where you have to hold the intention of goodness and understand that I know this is horrific while it's happening. I don't like seeing this. And this is how I feel. And then use those tools to say, but I also know there's going to be gratitude that will come from this. And the gratitude will be more significant than what is happening now because it will be usually more more long-term and lasting. Would you agree with that? I do. And it's so perfect because there's a paragraph that I want to read. And it also happens to be from the, from the fail with enthusiasm chapter. What a, (laughs) it's just that kind of day. Apparently it, uh, the subsection is called, it's called broken waiting to heal. Swimming in a sea that feels like failure and so close to danger that most people cannot even see. Uncomfortably, uncomfortably close to the rocks just below the surface. Broken. Wondering what's wrong. Uncertain if the fault lies within or in the stars or if there is even any fault to be found. I see you. And I understand because I have been broken. I know there is a way to see the lesson in the lie, a way to see the future possible in the middle of what feels like fantastic, devastating failure. Come here. 
come here, swim here. We'll go together and push through the waves. We'll make for the shore. And the view from there holds no recrimination, no blame, only hope. That is a beautiful paragraph. And it is so appropriate for today. It is. Because there, there is hope. There is definitely hope. And I hope everybody can see that and understand that. And with that will be change. And I believe you saw change today. I firmly believe you saw change today. I did. I believe yeah, it too. Yeah, personally. I think you did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we all noticed things on TV and saw that there's going to be change that comes from this and it will come in a way that may not be the perfect way or how we expect things to happen, but there will be changes and it may take time. But you actually were gifted the ability to see an instant change. Firmly believe that. I think you did. Hmm. Ah. There's that pause I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And we all do need to pause and take it in because we have no idea, and Lemon Intentionally helps with this, we have no idea the ripple effect that we put out there, good or bad, but they both do equally. And it keeps on going and going and going. And maybe something that is said today is going to end up being something that wasn't meant for someone here to hear and take in for themselves, but somebody they told who they told who they told who they told. And, and, you know, 62,000 tells later, the person got the message, but the stepping stone or the catalyst was something that was said by one person. And it just took that long to get there. The universe knows what it's doing. The universe knows <laughs> how to get the messages out to everyone. But sometimes it takes a little bit longer because, you know, there are detours or, the, per, the, the way that it was supposed to go didn't go because of a choice someone made. So therefore it, it takes a little longer, but it will always get there. But you, you got to see a direct contact. That's really cool. That is wicked cool. You have to admit that, Mary. <laughs> you know, perfect. And the perfect. And the perfect day, the perfect day for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but that's the timing. It was meant to happen today. You were meant to go to that, place today to get your car taken care of it had to be today it wouldn't have happened tomorrow wouldn't have been the same wouldn't have been on the news you know there wouldn't have been the same you know theater playing out across the world and here we are and so many things like that have happened during COVID and we're all back to the beginning we're all cooped up in our own little lockdowns for ourselves or the mandates that are being put to us from cities or states or whatever and we all have to figure out things that we can do. And if from this show, anyone can gather that, you know, there are things you can do. Your book is loaded. It's just loaded. It doesn't need to be read from beginning with page one all the way through. You can just pick it up, open to a page. And usually whenever I do that, I get exactly what I need. I shouldn't say usually. I always get what I need. And I have to laugh because I I love being amazed by that. I don't ever want to lose the amazement because that's part of the fun of it. But, you know, I mean, it's true. It's even, even when you're working on people and they say, oh, I feel much better because, and you're energetically working on them. I love to be amazed. I do. I don't want to lose that. So it always makes me laugh. And I think, well, you know what? I'll think about this. And it, it switches your perspective immediately. In your book, there's a 22-step guide, guided process, I'll call it, 
at the end of the book, which is called Remember and Do What Matters. And you can take that process and you could do it either, you know, one a day for 22 days or maybe one a week for 22 weeks or if you want to do one for two or three days and then go to the next one, however you want to do it, do the steps. And those steps allow you to truly live with intention because you will remember and then do what matters. So I, I looked at that process and I thought that is such a great it's such a great tool and we need it right now more than ever. And if you're at home and okay, the kids are going to school at home and maybe they're in a room separate and you're thinking, well, what can I be doing with this time? And, and you're not working or maybe you are working, but you're going crazy because there's, you're at home and you need something else to do. You know, this is a great book. Live with intention. Remember and do what matters. It will help the time go by faster and you'll be in flow. So things will actually come to you that need to be done, said, thought, whatever, and make your life easier. So you'll be in a a receiving mode. That's what I think the 22-step guided process does. When you're living with intention, you are putting yourself in a more receptive mode for what your true purpose is. Yes. That's correct, isn't it? And suddenly at the end of this inquiry, however long anybody chooses to take to do it, when I've, I've guided it for the last 13 years and people come to the end of the matter and they understand that their yes is going to come more readily and their no is going to unfold more easily because they're clear on what is important to them. And so making decisions when given an opportunity or asked to do something or volunteer or contribute or go, people who have a hard time making up their minds really benefit from following these 22 steps because it helps get to clarity about the things that matter and the things that matter less. <laughs> and it right. and it makes your yes, it makes giving a yes and a no just a, so much more seamlessly. And I think too that, you know, I see a lot of people living with intention that seems to come naturally to them, and what I mean by that is, you know, it might it might seem like they're really driven and focused and uh the, their purpose it, is to get something done. There's, there's a goal. So perhaps to the point of being a workaholic, let's say. And while they're not necessarily in awareness of all, they are living intentionally toward their goal of being successful or the epitome of something or perfect, you know, doing things uh, perfectly. <laughs> it, it's still yes. an intention. It's still intentional. It's just not a well-rounded or in a big picture kind of way And so they're living a segment of their life intentionally when in fact, when they go home, maybe they're not living intentionally because maybe they're still at work. You know what I mean? Their mind is still at work. And yeah, when we say live with intention, we're not saying, you know, go to your job and come up with a strategic plan and follow the plan. And now your intention is this and you're going to meet your goals because, you know, that's not what this is about. This is about really living your full life with intention so that you can have a purposeful and fulfilling big picture life. Some of my participants in this process have 
taken their conclusions and written them on a compass because that's how they articulate what they've discovered for themselves is that they have uncovered and identified their own personal compass. And nobody in a class can give that to you because it's unique. It's unique to each person. But once you do the work and uncover the things that truly matter to you as an individual, it does become your guiding compass, your own North star. And it makes choosing direction so much uh, clearer and less arduous. Yes. And I think that right now, this is so important because we are at a pivotal time. We have been living with the pandemic for 10 months now, and there are people who are living with intention, but negatively, you can do that too. We've seen so much over the past several years and intentional yeah. negativity in 2020 was blatantly brought to the floor for, and quite frankly, it still is at an all time high. That too is living intentionally in a, I will call it a mean bullying, not for the best of the whole, the collective whole kind of way at all. And in order to stay away from that, to do the full, you know, um, well-rounded aspect and look at that and say, okay, how can I do it? Because if you're doing something that's good for you, you know, you have to look at why is it good for me and is it good for everybody? That, that's a question. But if you're doing things intentionally that are good for the greater whole, the greater, the collective whole, the greater good, you're part of that. So it is also going to be good for you, but it's not necessarily going to be good for everyone else if it's only good for you. So the intention is point. to, Right. It's the intention is to yeah. make sure that it it fulfills aspects of of the whole. How do you want to come from your heart? Come from your heart. You know, there, there's two emotions: fear and love. Everything bad is fear. Everything good is love. Choose love. It's it's like getting in the commuter lane with you know with a bunch of people in the car. You're going to get there faster. <laughs> right. You absolutely <laughs> will. That's right. You won't get arrested for a blow-up doll or anything. You know, it's really good. (laughs) The African proverb comes to mind. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. We are better. We are better together. Yes, we are. Oh, my goodness. It's it's so very true. Marianne, we're running out of time. I can't believe it. We're getting closer to the top of the hour, and I don't want to miss anything that you want to bring up about your book. So, what would you like the reader to take away from your book? You know, live with intention, remember, and do what you mad, what matters. What probably is the big thing, given the circumstances of where we are in the world right now, and the fact that this is a second launch? It, it, to me, it, it's critical that it's coming out at this time. Like, your timing is, well, the timing of the universe is just impeccable as always. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I'd like a reader to take away, T, is that a life lived accidentally is often an accident waiting to happen. (laughs) A life lived on purpose is a life of meaning and reward and satisfaction and and contentment. So the closer that you get to what matters to you, and can align your actions and activities based on that, the 
more delight, more joy, and more wonder, you will, and greater equanimity that you'll have in your day. It's just, it, it's just how it works out. It's that simple. And something it to remember, I think. Tell your, tell your friends. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah. It's not complicated. It, it really, it's easy. <laughs> It is easy. It is easy. I mean, this is why my friend was looking at me like I was out of my mind. She's like, it's easy. And I'm like, everything is easy. And she goes, no, it's not. I said, yes, really, it is. It's how you look at it. But I will say there was one sentence in your book that stuck with me. It stuck with me 10 years ago when I read your book. It stuck with me now. I'm pretty sure it was in the one 10 years ago because it was all too familiar. And the sentence is, and I will tell you, it's on page 37. And it's the last sentence before the poem Old Road. And I read the poem Old Road, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good poem, but I really like this sentence. <laughs> and the sentence was, your intentions are the witness. Now, hear my words here. Your intentions are the witness, the affirmation that you are living authentically. Mm. That, that is just profound. Your intentions are the witness, the affirmation that you are living authentically. I read that over and over again. I couldn't really get past it because I kept reading it and laughing and saying, oh my God, that is such a profound statement. This is where, this is where, this is exact, this is the whole book. That's the whole book to me. Good job, T. I'm, go- I'm going job, to go get my good, highlighter right now. <laughs> good job, T. Good job, Mary Ann. I didn't write it. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> but you, but you read it with an informed heart and that really is that real that single sentence really uh really summarizes the it does it summarizes the book there's really nothing more to say it's like that's the book thank you marianne (laughs) you know it's like okay (laughs) i got it you know oh my goodness we are almost out of time and i am going to ask you before we go if you would tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and your work and your webinars and seminars and everything you're doing and where they may purchase this book living with intention remember and do what matters and all of your other books, which I'm not going to name. But I did like She. I think She was a great book. S-H-E is a great book. <laughs> <laughs> one of, it's, I, you're not supposed to say this about you, when you have many books, but it is one of my favorites. People can go. Go to my, <laughs> they can go to my licensed partner, which is AppliedInsight.net. One of my dearest friends is the CEO of that company and an author herself, Dr. Deanna Davis. And she has all my books. Uh, a large representation of my lifetime body of work and people unlike you T people can find me on Facebook and um, they won't they won't see a lot of bullying happening there if they come and visit my page just uh, good conversations and inspiring content that's great and they can find me on Facebook I just don't know how because I don't do my own Facebook there i just don't know how to get to it so there you go <laughs> and people say how can they're always so happy probably because i don't do social media <laughs> it works for me it's, you know you gotta, you gotta live a, with intention whatever works for you my intention is i want to be happy so there you go i yep. would like to add 
if you choose awareness and follow the lessons in this book, it will work. This book truly is a treasure trove of ideas. It is empowering. It is inspiring. And, and I believe it will enrich your future if you choose to be aware and live with intention and remember and do what matters. And I dare say, just reading this book will bring about change. But when you put the steps into practice, that's the game changer. You will transform your life. And if, and if not now, when? I mean, this is the perfect time to do it. There's no better time to start. Many of us are in lockdown, as I said. Use the time wisely, positively. So when you're back to living life to the fullest, we really will be living joyfully and with meaning, purposefully, and in a fulfilling life. And we'll be grateful that we're there having it, and you'll have all the tools and have already made your way into really obtaining that so or attaining that. So, yeah, I just have to say that about the book. And, uh, and I really appreciate you being on, Marianne. I mean, what, what a great show. This was fun. I knew it would be. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really enjoyed You're myself welcome. as well. Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay, so listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We are living a most unprecedented time that is proven to be challenging and life-changing for everyone around the globe. Our world is quickly and constantly changing, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send this link for this show to everyone you know, and then let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Lev, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So get out your calendar and make a note now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me and my work and to schedule a remote energy therapy session of your choice, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need, 100%. We are run solely by volunteers, so there are no salaries, no stipends, no compensation of any kind to anyone. You can learn about our fundraising campaigns, exactly where the money goes, and how it helps kids in need at Soji Huggles. And we are invest- at Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, sojihuggles.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, here we go, at NRG Radio <laughs> and at Soji Huggles. And while you're in your social media accounts, be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. <laughs> I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours the most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head. I got a warm place to sleep. So I got a mind that can't 
when I remember how I 